2: story hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever
3: isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game?
4: Can I blame Michael Castillo for this?
3: Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't
5: explain it, what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that
0: rave
4: line! Woohoo!
5: Oh, I can't
0: believe USC has escaped the Groundhog Day existence and has ended the Helton era.
1: Hello, everybody, welcome back to Rain of Troy Radio, episode 419, coming to you on Monday, September 27th. We're going to look back at USC's 45-27 loss to the Oregon State Beavers by opening up a huge mailbag and listening to you guys talk about your thoughts about the game, uh, and answer your questions and so much more here on this episode. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com, slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast. Wherever you can find a podcast, we are there. Our email address is Reign of Troy at fansetter.com, and our phone number is 213-373-1USC, Second What's Bruin Show. Two. I'm your host, Michael Castillo. Join along with my co-hosts. Elisa Derritol.
3: Hello, everybody.
1: Hello. Uh, we are back with a True Fallout episode for the first time in a few weeks uh, since week one. After week one, we, we haven't been able to do one because the Stanford Fallout episode was canceled because we were in the middle of recording it when Clay Helton got fired, uh, and then last week uh, somebody just had to have had to have a birthday on Monday. Uh, So we were unable to record an episode, and so we did sort of a combo, mini-combo episode in the uh, Oregon State preview.
3: Mm Mhm. And now we're back, and we're back to record on another Monday with another loss to discuss, and maybe this time we'll make it an hour through the episode and then not have to completely scrap it.
1: I don't know. Maybe. One (laughs) thing we won't be scrapping in this episode is the rave line, because... (laughs) Alicia, uh, I don't know how, how to put this any other way. There is no rant line, rave line to play. For the first time, like, basically in forever, um, we just didn't get enough calls. 213-373-1872. That's the phone number. Save it into your phone. Uh, we did get a bunch of calls, but not enough for a montage. So we're just going to be running through all of the calls here on this episode um, and then going into basically turning this into a giant mailbag, a uh, event session, of course, uh, of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully, no questions about Lando Norris and the M- McLaren pit wall and, and their inability to put him on the inner tires at, at the end of the race. And
3: USC fans are sad, Lando Norris, right now. Sad Lando Norris, just the silence on the radio when they tell him you're P7. And then it's just like the crackling static of sadness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pouring out for our buddy Lando.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was a rough weekend, man. Liverpool lost. Well, Liverpool drew. Felt like a loss. USC got their butt kicked by Oregon State at the Coliseum. Woke up early on Sunday morning to watch the the just heartbreak for lando norris yeah and i have a sore throat and i'm coughing up a storm so like universe doesn't like me (laughs) you're having to drink tea during this record which is i've got a thing of tea next to me i'm gonna try not to slurp in the middle of the 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 microphone
1: i believe tea is dothraki for like disgusting brown water
3: Ugh, this isn't brown. It's actually kind of red and green. It's 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 my own concoction. It's a Rose Hips tea that I also throw a bag of uh, mint tea into.
1: Uh, who are you? Like Professor McGonagall or it's something? It's kind of
3: floral and minty. And then I sweeten it with monk, monk fruit sugar. It's very good, but... I don't think you guys want when to hear did me you drink turn it. Turned
1: into a granola type.
3: <laughs> when I found out that hips tea might help my eyes be less tragic. <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough. And I t- it tastes
1: good. Mm-hmm. It tastes it tastes like the Rose Bowl. That's what I want to know.
3: Well, I mean, I guess we'll have to. It'll be the closest thing I get to the Rose Bowl for a year or two, maybe.
1: Hey. I, I just want to share a deleted tweet. Deleted as in a deleted draft, because I had this ready to go. Uh, and then I remembered that it was factually inaccurate. Mm. Uh, I was going to fire away on Saturday uh, after the final score tweet. I was going to reply to that tweet by saying, uh, on the bright side, USC still controls their, their, their own destiny in the Pac-12 South. And I thought that was so funny. I was I was I was giggling <laughs> thinking about it. Uh, and then I remembered that um, it's not actually true because womp, womp. BYU and Fresno State are not in the Pac-12 believe it or not. So
3: There's been a lot of talk of them yeah, being in the Pac-12. This is true. So. Yeah, but
1: but ASU and UCLA have non-conference losses, so does not actually make it true. Nonetheless, SC is Still in the Pac-12 South race. Hey, that's something.
3: Uh, I mean, I guess it's something something to look forward to. That I mean, I don't rem- I don't remember if this was a question that ended up in our mailbag, but like the question of like, um, what are the chances that USC is even bowl eligible this well, year? We and we, we like- got a
1: question on the uh, on to the rant line. Uh, a text from Jane Ukepa that says, "Does USC win six games?"
3: Yeah, and like those are – it's a valid question to ask because you just lost to Oregon State and and we're all feeling down and we're all questioning like what the mental state of this team is. But realistically, realistically, this, this team is not as dead in the water as, as it might feel like. The schedule is still very fortunate. Uh, everybody else out there looks vulnerable. Like it would be one thing if like Utah looked good right, or I... ASU looked good or – I mean, like, it's not like USC couldn't go through and still get wins. It's not like I'm going to bet that they will, but it's also, I think back to 2016, like USC was one in three. And uh, in 2018, they were four and two. Yeah. Yeah. So like the opening month of the season, it, it, a lot can change in the middle, in the middle month and the final month. So like don't write this this season off yet in terms of yeah. of what uh, of like a bowl eligibility, but you know also it is a meaningless season in the sense that whatever they win or don't win it doesn't matter. There's a new head coach, so whatever.
1: Okay, so I'm just gonna throw this. out. I'm gonna just talk this out really quick. So we talked about it um, after the San Jose State game. The idea of is San Jose State, the best team that SC is going to play in the first half of the season. Well, spoiler no,
3: alert: no, <laughs> it,
1: no, I don't think it's true. I, I think at this point, I
3: is it is it Oregon State? I think at the to this point, Oregon State is the best team that USC. So here's the irony here:
1: I think Stanford is better than we thought. I think Oregon State is better than we thought. Uh, SC should have still been able to beat both of them no question so San Jose but, State
3: for the record since they lost to USC had a four-point win over Hawaii and a 20point loss to West, Western Michigan so okay so yeah maybe not
1: mm-hmm. maybe yeah. not San Jose State okay yeah no, back,
3: no back I, I I will go to but, bat I think Oregon State is the, is the best team that uh, SC is face, that SC of the is four face, games yeah. okay all
1: right uh, fair enough but but let's talk okay. this out. They, SC gets Colorado, who is like the worst defensive team ever. Hmm. Um, they should beat Colorado because Colorado does not score. So if Colorado does to SC what Oregon State did, then just yes. pack it up and there's no reason to ever play a football <laughs> yeah. game ever again. Yeah. Uh, so they should beat Colorado. Should. Keyword. word. Um, should. Arizona has not beat an
3: FBS team in like two years. Arizona weirdly like looks like they might have maybe a pulse ish thing, but like they're, so they're losing games not as horrifically as you expect them to, but they're they're still losing games. Like they played BYU and Oregon, tough ish. They still
1: haven't beat an FBS. They're, they're team still in two zero four.
3: Years. Um, you, I mean Utah, so, but Utah but either, looks not good. But, Utah doesn't have.
1: But what I'm saying, so those two should be wins. Yeah. So that that should be four wins, yeah. right? You gotta find two. two more. You gotta find two more. Cal doesn't look good. There's there's Cal. There's Utah, who doesn't look, certainly does not look
3: infallible. Um, Every time we write off USC going to Arizona State, USC wins that game. So yes, like, it's not but, impossible. But, but the uh, UCLA game, I don't care how good UCLA is playing. Um, that's a rivalry game where USC might have the chance to spoil things for their rival. Like that's a, that you, you can't write that off as an instant loss. Sure. Uh, and then, you know, BYU is good, but again, it's the USC, even the worst you even 2018 USC looked good against Notre Dame at the end of that season.
1: But basically what I'm trying to say is I, we've talked about this before. I think SC can beat anyone on their schedule. Absolutely. has The ability to, right? Up to and
3: including Notre
1: Dame. Yeah. And even still, now, would I bet that ever? No. And Uh -uh. looking at this, um, looking at the schedule as it goes forward, which is a cake of a schedule. We've talked about this before. They don't play Oregon. They don't play Washington, even though I guess they'd rather play Washington than Oregon State at this point. Um, This... (laughs) Looking at the schedule... I think that if you were just giving me the the win loss thing and just telling me to pick win loss, I think they go like 6 and 6. Mhm. Like seriously. Like I I I would not pick them to beat ASU, BYU,
3: Notre Dame or UCLA right now. But would you if 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 I gave you bowl eligible or not? I would I would pick that bowl I would say bowl eligible. I'd be pretty confidence saying okay bowl, here's bowl. the
1: thing about bowl eligibility they have to, in that scenario they either have to beat one of those four which i think they at this point they wouldn't be favored against any of those four asu byu ucla or notre dame mm-hmm. i don't think they'd be favored against those four um as it stands no i mean vegas loves sc so maybe but like i don't no. they
3: shouldn't no. be right ucla would have to collapse
1: yeah no but on but on top of that point so to go bowl eligible that means you have to beat Utah and you have to beat Cal would I am I comfortable making the the bet that they absolutely win those two games? no it, like could they absolutely should they yes like will they I don't like I think we can honestly start talking about
3: <laughs> start talking to your kids about a, a non- Bowl eligible USC team. I mean, it's it's possible. It's all it's always possible. And there's an interim coach, and we don't know how they're going to respond. I just don't think it. I, I think that the odds are still in USC's favor to be bowl eligible to be above five hundred. Because I mean, again, be. as down in the dumps as USC might feel right now, no one on their schedule <laughs> looks impervious. No, UCLA you, got beat right. by a Fresno State team with a guy with a broken hip. Uh, Notre Dame has been challenged by literally everyone, up to including. Uh, Florida, a bad Florida State team. Toledo. Everybody is giving Notre Dame a game. Um, Utah looks looks not great. Arizona, not great. ASU, not great. Cal, not great. Like Cal. Speaking of teams that cannot score, Cal's offense is up there with some of the all-time. What the heck is going on with you guys? You you are inept. Like again, it would be different if USC played a murderer's row. The even the good teams on this schedule that's left, those are not a murderer's row. I think, I think if you told me if you told me that USC went two and two in those games that you highlighted as the ones that USC won't be favored in, I would go, Yeah, I'm not surprised.
1: No, I wouldn't be surprised. I, that's all I, I'm just, saying. Like, I
3: also wouldn't be surprised if USC went two and two in the games they should win that's left the Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and no, Cal games.
1: Yeah, same thing. Yeah. At this point, I, I think any literally anything is on the table. Um, I just wouldn't bet on really anything at this point. I mean...
3: I don't think we know enough still at this point. Like, I still don't think we know what this team is made of.
1: Like, this individual team.
3: Yeah, like, like we've seen USC teams get punched in the mouth early before, and we've seen them rally back, and we've seen them collapse, so... Which version of that is is this team? I, I don't know. We'll find out.
1: They make it difficult when you look at the last two weeks, the the Washington State game. Mm-hmm. You can talk about, oh, well, this team's metal and like, like how valuable it is. They got punched in the face. They didn't do anything about it. They were mm-hmm. they were stalwarts. They came back and all that stuff. And then you look at the Oregon State game. And it's like, well, this team has no metal. They yeah. they they, <laughs> they crumble and they they were shell shocked and all this stuff. Like those things are so polar opposites. Um, especially when you look at the third quarter, like you've t- you've mentioned before, like it makes it sort of impossible. To, okay, uh, so to here's
3: talk about here's a question I have: What offenses are USC going to face? Is USC going to face this this the rest of the season that are better than Oregon State
1: on the day on their day? UCLA, mm-hmm. BYU. I wouldn't put BYU better than Notre,
3: Notre Dame Notre I mean I, I guess. Maybe. I guess
1: on their day, yeah. Yeah. I mean that that's so that's I, fair. I mean
3: that's uh, that's
1: but, but okay, let's flip it back. Would we have said that about Oregon State a week ago? I don't think so.
3: I, would, I don't th- I don't think that we I would have said that about Oregon State a week ago. You you, you I really you like said, Oregon State's offense and I and I've liked it. You
1: really would have sat here and said that there's one maybe two offenses no, better that SC would face for the entire I, season. I would have
3: said that the better offenses USC would face for the t- entire season are Notre Dame, UCLA, BYU, ASU. Does BYU have a good offense? Well, I mean they 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 know what they're about. They have a dangerous tight end. You know me and the tight ends. I mean, the
1: ASU game, they, they uh, really didn't want to use them.
3: No, no. Any of but, them. But, but they're still like, I think they are a capable-ish offense. Sure, but wouldn't you say that about SC? Would you say is capable-ish? Well, that's my issue with USC is that you could survive some of these games if well. The, uh, if, the if irony here is
1: if SC plays their potential, they have a better offense than everybody on the schedule. Yes,
3: but full stop. But, but I'm going to stop even predicting. Like I'm going to no. stop even expecting. That. Certainly not. No. No. So
1: I, I I don't know. I I yeah. I, I don't think you're you're I, wrong there. I, I think I, if
3: USC's I, offense were were up to the potential that they have shown, that USC could win the game against Stanford and Oregon State in the thirty-six to thirty-five-four-ish range. I think those games could have been something closer to that if USC's offense had a pulse.
1: No, I I, I agree because you, well, you look at the Stanford game. They they dropped two touchdowns in yeah. the end zone. Yeah, and had a pick six on a drop on a wide receiver drop. Like th- that game. It it got out of hand, certainly, Uh, here as Alicia drinks tea for all the uh, people with... uh, ASMR.
3: I'm trying to do it very quietly, uh, but... What's the...
1: I can never remember the word. I was going to say xenophobia. Xenophobia is not the word. (laughs) Xenodon? No, it's called... It's something like... There's a thing that they talk about on Doughboys all the time. Okay. That... uh, uh, people, and they apologize every time they eat on the pond for the oh. people who have this thing. It's, it's oh yeah, I,
3: I I whatever it is. I I I hope that you guys aren't hearing me sit my. You're You're not, you're to not eating quietly. Cheetos, so I am not eating we'll Cheetos. That, so. I'm not eating anything. Anyways,
1: no, I, I think the the Stanford game, yeah. Sc if Sc finishes off their drives early on in the game, uh, it's a completely different game. If the Oregon State game, if they don't. Uh, you know so have the self-inflicted um dropsies and, and mistakes in the first half yeah then they they do their part the offense does their part to hold serve it's a completely different game mm-hmm. do i think they still win it i don't know well but the, but the that, defense or they lose was, it
3: they lose it by giving up the final touchdown in the yeah but minute, it whatever. at
1: least would have been big 12 bad,
3: yeah, right yeah yeah but but that's and that's why it, it all does come down to me as those how does this how does everyone respond? Because we know that this defense can be better than they were in those games. Really, what this defense needs to do is to avoid the snowball effect that they that they got caught up in in those two games, and fortunately, I think they're better placed for the next couple of weeks to not have to worry about that happening. The offense who knows? Flip a coin i don't I don't know <laughs> Does Drake London have 400-yard games mm-hmm. going forward? Maybe. I mean, who knows? We'll, we'll see.
1: We'll see. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get into the mailbag. We got a bunch of calls that we mentioned. Uh, let's get to those up next. You've got mail. <laughs> all right, Alicia. We are back here to uh, to talk about uh, the mailbag. Open up the mailbag. And I've looked it up. Misophany... Ah, misophonia. There it misophonia.
3: is. Misophonia. People who don't like miso soup?
1: Yeah, that's what it should be, yeah. clearly. Miso soup, not good. <laughs> no, misophonia, a disorder in which sufferers have a hatred of the sounds such as eating, chewing, breathing loudly, or even repeated pen clicking, first named as a condition in 2001.
3: Oh, I apologize to everyone I've ever encountered with that condition because I am a. I'm an pen, avid pen I'm clicker. I'm a pen clicker. Yeah. I Hell just yeah. I'm just a twitchy pen clicker. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me too.
1: Uh all right, uh let's get to the voicemails. Uh let's open up the first one. Uh this comes from uh Joe in Orange County.
6: Uh hey Michael and Alicia. Um this is uh Joe from uh Orange County. Uh Joe the uh Tottenham fan, uh sadly. Um I don't have a rant or a rave, and this is uh, before the Oregon State game, but I just had a thought come to mind while listening to the preview podcast. Since you guys started talking about Helton and uh, and Donkey Williams and the sleeve stuff, uh, I just got thinking, thinking, um, what do you guys think is next for Clay Helton? I know he's completely done with this university and program, and uh, I really, really doubt he'll ever come back Unlike like, some – certain guys like Sark in the past. But um do you guys think he goes and becomes like a head coach at a, a Group of 5 team? Does he go uh, be a coordinator again? Uh does he retire and just, you know, enjoy his, you know, 20 million or whatever he has? I know the buyout was 10, but surely he he was coach for a few years So, Uh anyways, uh fight on. Hopefully we can extend that 61-year streak over Oregon State tonight. Uh, No jinxes, and uh, fight on. Thank you, guys, and uh, congratulations on your personal lives. Uh, Thank you.
3: Thank you, Joe, and... Way to jinx it, man.
1: Yeah. Blame Joe. Give Joe all the hate in the world... Yep. ...for jinxing the 61-year streak that has come to an end. Wow.
3: Wow. I mean... Why would anyone bring that up before that game? I, I, I mean, don't do. know. It's just I, I, obvious jinx. I don't know.
1: Yeah. 61 years. I think it's longer than Tottenham's streak of not winning the league. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, Clay Helton, what, what, if, if you were Clay Helton's agent and needed to give him, well, Jimmy Sexton's probably not going to give him honest advice, but if you're giving yeah. him honest advice, you're not Jimmy Sexton, who's going to be in the... Job of making him richer in any sense. You want to give him honest advice. What 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 would you give Clay Helton?
3: Uh, I go spend a year as an analyst with Alabama um, because that seems to be the thing that everyone does once they get fired. But True. If, if Nick Saban turns you away, no, I think I think Clay Helton will probably end up a head coach at a, a G five somewhere. Uh, he'll get he'll get a fresh start somewhere. I. My curiosity would be like the level. Like, would Houston look at him? I don't know what Houston's uh, situation is, but like, he has ties to that school, Memphis. Memphis. Um, there are some schools out there that I could see taking the chance on him, uh, knowing that he was definitely below what USC wanted. But he still won. Wa- I mean, he still won a lot of games. He still has uh, accomplishments, and and you know he'll be a good recruiter, um, just because. Parents and families of players trust him a lot. So I think there's a lot of schools out there that could do worse than, uh, than Clay Hilton, and I would expect him to get one of those jobs.
1: Yeah, I, I th- absolutely think that he should be a G5 coach, and I think that if you are a G5 school, that one that's on the cusp of always putting together a really good season, your Fresno State's, your Memphis's, your Houston's, your
3: Cincinnati's. Hey, USC goes get, goes and gets Kalen DeBoer That is an opening at Fresno State. Mm-hmm.
1: I I think that would be a great hire. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I think it would. Like, um, I think Clay Helton has a lot to give if you're a, a G5 school, um, or he could have a lot to give at a Power Five school with the expectations that aren't crazy, right? Like if yeah, I, like like if if um, Iowa State uh, loses Matt Campbell. You, you put Clay Helton back in the Cardinal and Gold over yeah, there? Yeah,
3: I could see him anywhere in the American. Uh, I could see him at, like... K- How about the, the National League? The the, K- <laughs> the Kansas, Kansas States of the world. Um, could see him in the Big Ten with the uh, Rutgers of the world. Um, yeah, Mountain West, you could see it. Sunbelt, you could see it. Uh...
1: I don't know. I, I think I think it would be good for him to go to one of those G fives with upward mobility. Yeah. Um, except I don't know that one of the G fives that's going to join the Big Twelve is maybe a good idea because that might be a reset of expectations. Yeah. Uh, so I I think realistically he should go to like Memphis or Houston as a G five team, and then earn his way back into the P five.
3: I just can't see him like which is what he should have done or something, he, like which
1: is what should have happened years ago anyways.
3: Mm-hmm. So
1: Yeah. Alright, uh let's go to the next call. We're just going in, in order here. So I, I didn't sort these by topic. So uh next one, this is uh Dave in Orange County.
0: Range Ray Radio, what's up? This is Dave from Orange County. You know this wasn't going to be a rave line. This is you're- this is the damn definition of a rant line. It wasn't Clay Helton. It wasn't one person. This is just 10 years of eroding, of just diluting, just dying on the vine. USC football, 35 to 17. I'm looking at it right now. Oregon State at home in the Coliseum. Oregon State doesn't win in the Coliseum. Oregon State sure as shit doesn't whoop our ass at the Coliseum. It doesn't demoralize us at the Coliseum. Well, I'm watching Oregon State just hand us our backside over and over again. Todd Orlando, the one. Graham Harrell, you're not the one. And as much as I wanted, you know, Dante Williams to be the guy you're not the one to over to just overcome the 10 years of the erosion to this program completely shut it down build it up from scratch all the way down to the bottom until then we're just going to keep having these games and whatever it is that's what we do fight out
1: thanks for the call Dave as always you're uh, the best um Yeah, this game eliminated the Dante Williams question for me.
3: Yeah, uh, mercifully. And it was
1: always going to be a tall task. Like we we said, he basically had to go perfect uh, in order to consider it. Um, And that's not a knock on Dante Williams. That's just the reality of the situation when, you know, SC fans Mm -hmm. rightfully want someone with experience and want someone with um, you know, a track record of being a head coach, or at least an an upward trajectory coordinator, and he is neither one of those guys.
3: Yeah, um, at this point, at he least. he didn't fit the profile, and so we gave him the courtesy of of saying, "Let him show us what he's got." And you know, this is the this is the thing that that uh, was inevitable almost because it was a very very steep standard that we were holding them to, and it sucks, but he, he's not a head coach right now. Like he, that, that he will get his opportunity if he wants it down the line. But like right now, that's, it's not him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, and hopefully he does get that opportunity somewhere. Yeah. That'd, good, that'd be awesome for him. I think he does have a lot to give, uh, just not for what USC is needing right now. Uh, let's go to a call from Cameron in Frisco, Texas.
4: Hey, Rainer Troy, it's Cameron from Frisco, Texas. Um, uh, well, I'm glad I'm, Let's just enjoy the rave lines that we had for the past week because well didn't last long because well we're back at the rant lines again. USC once again defense looks awful. The front seven looks terrible. They can't tackle. Keenan Slovis looks awful. I think this is going to be the beginning of the end of the Keenan Slovis era. I mean, if you lose to Oregon State, a team that Ryan Abraham called Bud. You should never be a quarterback at USC. I mean, come on. You're a three-star quarterback from high school for a reason. You're mediocre at best. So, we should be counting down the amount of games that Keen Solis will have left as the starting quarterback at USC because we got to get ready for the one-eyed Jack start dart era. Because once he comes back from injury, let's start dart. Let's start dart. So, well, let's just. Get through this season, get a new coach, get a new get Keaton Slovis off the team, and let's move forward. Fight on, fight out, baby.
1: Thanks for the call, Cameron, as always. You know, Alicia, I we talked about it on in the CarCast, cast, how SC fans were done with Keaton Slovis. Cameron is definitely done with Keaton Slovis.
3: Yeah, uh a lot of people are. Um you know, Keaton reminds me of Cody Kessler, circa 2015, where it's just like he looks broken, and I think that slowly it'll just be every little thing that he does wrong. People will lock onto that as like the reason why he sucks or whatever. When objectively he doesn't suck, he just he just looks like he's lacking confidence, and uh, and you know what do you, what do you expect? What do you want from him at this point? I want to also call attention to a Slack message that we got from S.J. in Santa Barbara. Do you think Keaton Slovis will finish his collegiate career as a USC Trojan? I think this is a question that you can start asking. Um, uh, it it certainly feels like the tide is uh, is pointing to Jackson Dart when he's healthy, but I don't want to like I don't want to write Keaton off yet. I think he's still a very good quarterback who put in the right positions, can lead you to victories, a lot of them. But it will be really interesting because the new coach that comes in, Keaton doesn't look like he's ready to go to the NFL at this point. I think his stock will have fallen off quite a bit. So I don't know that it's a guarantee that he'll head for the NFL. New coach coming in, bright new shiny toys, at quarterback. Like, is there is there a transfer scenario that we just sort of didn't necessarily – I, I see coming. I, I, think, I think it's impossible. Ind-
1: yeah. I, I still think so much of it would depend in that scenario of what the NFL scouts would sort of say. Yeah. Um, because they don't always say what we think they would say. Yeah. Especially about quarterbacks. I mean, if you would have told me after the Rose Bowl that. Mark Sanchez was going to leave. I would have been like, "What? Yeah, no?
3: yeah." And be the number five pick overall. I was like, like, "He's not ready for that."
1: No, no. I don't think any of us would have expected that. Um, now Pete Carroll probably shouldn't have acted so how he have did. Said that
3: in a press conference. Yeah, so but
1: um, but yeah, I think we we all thought the same thing, right? And so, yeah I, I I don't think that that's crazy to start thinking about that. I don't know that it will happen. The other thing, I I just want to preemptively put this out there because I I feel like there's more tweets coming um, about the, well, this wouldn't be happening if JT Daniels was here. You are lying to yourself if you believe that.
3: No, JT would be... You are
1: absolutely lying to yourself. When was the last time a USC quarterback got better as their season went on? As their career went on? Yeah. When?
3: Well, and it's Mark
1: Sanchez is the answer. By yeah. the way, it's Mark Sanchez.
3: And Mark Sanchez had a, a platform and a team around him that allowed that to happen. Yeah. You put JT Daniels in this offense and you have the same problems. Um, JT Daniels is doing very well at Georgia because Georgia is a better team than USC. with they have a better an offensive, offensive line, line and, and a run game and concept. a system and yeah, the whole shebang. So, JT Daniels is in a better position, and I guarantee you, if you sent Keaton Slovis off to Georgia, he'd be doing better there as well than he would be currently doing at USC. Yes. Yeah. Um, the quarterbacks who would be doing better at USC uh, are the, I don't know, like Bryce Youngs of the world, who are just, or the Jackson Darts, who are, who are,
5: who, who can who are do something that's something transcending in and of themselves. The yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. So, like, just don't get it Don't get it twisted about JT or about Keaton or anything like that. Don't get it twisted about Miller Moss as though he's a savior or anything like that. Uh, even Jackson Dart. Uh, it's easy to bank on Jackson Dart because you remember him in the third quarter of that game. But also, if he's going to be out there committing three turnovers a game, you're going to have your own issues that you're going to get sick and tired of with him as well. So... You know, it's it's the classic uh, grass is greener on the other side conversation. And we don't know what's going to happen with with Keaton and Darton and all of them. But uh, just try to look at it with a level head would be my my recommendation, because as we're going to I'm going to have to start saying the thing that we were saying a couple of years ago, like things are never as bad as they seem or as good. So, yeah, just. We'll, we'll take it as it goes.
1: By the way, um, here's a tweet from uh, Shotgun Spratling that has just gone out while recording this. Apparently Frank Martin is no longer on the roster. Yeah. Um, And Shotgun has tweeted, uh, this is a hell of a stat. Um, With Frank Martin's removal from the roster, USC's three-man offensive line recruiting class in 2016 uh, ranked number 85 211 and 297 in the 24 7 sports composite officially finishes with a combined 12 total snaps played.
3: Yeah, that was Frank Martin who never came through. You had um, EJ Price who was kicked off the team, and you had a Nathan, Nathan Smith, Smith who medically were? retired. Yeah. So, and that's a really good example of how, like, you it it's a it's hard to evaluate b like you can have guys not pan out for a variety of different reasons and usc is just like hitting the mark on on many different ways that you can have guys end up not contributing which is why it's very important to hit as often as possible every single year you can't take a year off of recruiting the offensive line because if you have a class like that, that you just lose everybody suddenly where you're at.
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, Let's go to a call from uh, Mark in Wyoming. This one's a long one, so buckle up.
3: Hey, it's Mark
2: from Wyoming. I don't know what I'm doing. Is this a round line? It's a rave line? It's a something line. Um, So I've got a suggestion. Um, And everybody probably would agree, but... I think uh, that Graham Harrell needs to be relieved of his play-falling duties. He can spend the rest of the season mopping the floor in the gym, cutting the lawn on the on the practice field, whatever. But I don't know what he thought he was doing tonight. Um, his it, none of his plays worked. And it seems the only reason anything worked was because Keaton threw the ball to Drake London. And he was somehow able to catch it, avoid a couple tackles, and gain some yard. That was basically the offense the entire night. Um, everybody else, I mean, Keontae Burnett did some, or Keontae Ingram, sorry, uh, he did some good running. Um, he scored a couple touchdowns, one late, but it at, by that that time the game was already over. Defensively. Orlando had no answer. I mean, even if they tried to stack the box to stop the run um they they ran to the outside, which is where most of their yardage came from um and then when they tried to defend the outside, they went back inside it wasn't there was no winning um The defense just didn't play uh, they flat out sucked and if I had to describe it. Like the be easiest way to describe it is it's take uh it's a flaming pile stuffed in a paper bag with a bat with full of firecrackers, thrown into a dumpster. And that and that and then as it blows up. And that's how tonight's game went. Um I'm getting to the point where I think that um, at the end of the season nobody on the coaching staff should be retained. Um it's just too far gone and as much as i like dante and i warned you about this last week um after the win they're going to want to make him head coach but uh it just isn't going to work out uh we'll see what happens with our with our easy schedule of this easy portion of the schedule and see how the rest of the season turns out.
1: Thanks for the call, Mark. Uh, a lot of thoughts in there, Alicia. What uh, what comes to mind? His thoughts about USC's offensive and defensive coordinator?
3: Yeah, I I just think it's been it's been pretty clear that the the staff wasn't good enough, um, and whatever we felt that Helton might be holding them back, like they're not they're not exactly out there proving that that it was definitely Helton holding them back. Uh, I also think that that you're kind of stuck with what you're at. Again, we talked about this in the past. If you relieve H- Harold, who do you have then call plays? I don't think there are any good answers. If you relieve Todd Orlando, who do you have take over the defense? I don't think there's a very good answer. Um, it it just it doesn't really solve anything. Again, the the problem has been solved. The new there will be a new coaching staff. I very much agree with the idea that you shouldn't retain anybody from this staff. The one exception I'd make for that is Dante Williams, and it's solely because of, of the recruiting prowess that he brings, and I think that that can be very valuable to the next staff.
1: But it should be entirely the, the decision of the new coach. It should be entirely the
3: s- decision of the head coach, and and maybe the head coach has their own power recruiters that they bring in uh, that, uh, that that fill that role, so maybe you don't even need to, to retain Dante. Whatever it is, no one on this staff— like, this has been the thing that I've been screaming about for for a while. I mean, this is what I was upset about with the twenty. The, with when they hired Helton, it was just like, okay, so we're just persisting with the same staff that was there, and persisting with the same staff with, that was there. USC does need to clean house, and when we say clean house, we mean all of the assistants and everybody who's been there the whole time. The the it, you can't expect something different if it's literally just recycling.
1: Right, and this is when I in insert that. Uh, if Ed Ogeron would have been hired, his offensive coordinator would have been Clay Helm.
3: Yes, yeah. So, again, it, it, it doesn't really... It, don't hire the inter- interim because the interim might keep some of these guys around, and you do literally just need a fresh start, a fresh break, and, and a new voice in the room. Yeah, 100%.
1: Uh, let's go to a call from uh, Michael in the 563.
5: Hey, guys, it's Michael in the 563. The merciful XM gods uh, didn't allow me to find the game last night scrounged all over the place for it and couldn't come up with it sounds like I didn't miss anything I guess my thought is <clears throat> to analogize this to, uh, to my uh post-surgical quote-unquote progress in some ways you know you take a step forward and then you take two steps back and last week was SC's step forward and then because of the effort or because of whatever uh the next day you expect to be you know just all over the place, like Alicia was talking about after her uh, uh, thrill of uh, starting a, a workout program again. and uh, But it doesn't work that way. You're going to take a couple, you know, it's going to be a sideways kind of a progression. Uh, I kind of suspect we're going to have to hold off judgment in terms of mental toughness and all that until a new permanent coach is named and he can come in and set up his own regimen and have his own coaching staff and his own disciplines and all that sort of stuff. So I guess this whole season season may be a pause to uh, just kind of get things figured out and, you know, do a start the recovery process. I uh, wish I had better, but that's all I got. So you guys hang in there. God bless and take care. Bye-bye.
3: Yeah, thanks so much for the call, and I couldn't agree more. I think so much of this is just a wait-and-see. So much of this uh, you may be tempted to read too much into when it's just – you know, it's just the, the, the air letting out of the balloon. It's just the way that a season goes. It's it's all of those things. And we don't know how this team is going to respond now. We don't know how these players are going to respond when the new coaching staff comes in. All of those things are still very wait and see. We're still in the first month of the season, and there's still a long, long, long way to go. So just you just got to roll with it. I know it's not fun, but you do have to roll with it, and there will be Steps forward and there will be steps back. I think he said that very eloquently.
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, I I agree with that. Uh, Let's go to a call we got from Sean in beautiful Austin, Texas.
6: Hello, Arena Trey Hotline. It's your old pal, Sean, from beautiful Austin, Texas. What a game. What a soul-sapping, no offense, Swiss cheese D-line, black hole of a game. Army would have 1,000 yards on Todd Orlando's defense. Oregon State did more harm than good even throwing the ball. They should have just ran it down our throats every play. Keaton Slovis threw so many picks, he looks like he was playing for the Jets. And under Graham, we are still, still not running under center. I love USC. Fight on till I die. But this team feels like it's in the doldrums of a bad breakup. We need a new coach and a new staff, and we need them soon. Always be a Rod Bot. I love you all.
5: Fight on.
1: Thanks for the call, as always, Sean. Good to hear from you. Yeah, I mean, SC needs a new coach. They need a new staff. That's Luckily, they're in the process of getting those things. The The sucky part is, and we've talked about this, is it's just really unsatisfying until you get that... Uh, into, like it, It's satisfying from the fan perspective to know that the, the answer is coming. Uh, you hope the answer is what you want, but there, it's satisfying to know that... An answer is coming. It's just not satisfying in the moment when the nature of college football is that you can't have that guy step in immediately. Like, like if this was soccer, how oh, would, yeah, how great would it be if it was soccer and you could just like literally go out tomorrow and just bring in the dude?
3: Yeah, you just have Chris Peterson or or uh, uh, Bob Stoops or whoever else you want to throw out there. And Gus Hitting, yeah. yeah, Gus Hitting, yeah. Sam Allardyce, just get him in. Uh, Pull a a reverse Ted lasso and see what happens. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just the whole it is what it is thing is so unsatisfying. But uh, there's just, there's, there's not much else to say there. I will say, like, Sean, I really, really enjoyed your description of that game. Yeah. I think that was a more entertaining description of that game than that game was entertaining at any point. So... Uh, yeah, I'd, at least our robots are still entertaining us, even if USC is just.
1: <sighs> I, I just love the way that uh, Google Voice has transcribed that call. Because it said, what a game, what a soul-flapping, no offense, Swiss <laughs> cheese-aligned black of a game. And it still works. Which, which is funny, because soul, spelled like the fish, and flapping. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's what it was. It was soul, the fish, the dead fish. Away. Just, yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah. Flapping away. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, last call we got from Dan in Valley Village, which came in while we were recording this. Literally, while we were recording this, the phone ended ring uh, and we had to uh, reject the call so that way Dan could leave a message. Yeah. So uh, Here's a call from Dan. Hey, this is
2: Dan from Valley Village. All I wanted to say was to the team, just like uh,
4: us parents say to our kids, I'm not mad. I'm just very disappointed, very, very disappointed. Anyway, slide on. Love you guys.
1: Thanks for the call, Dan. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. That, that's that's the perfect way to put it. We got a text from somebody that was uh, talking about how like it was it was a a, a comforting um, car cast because we we didn't sound angry. We just sounded like disappointed parents, and that's yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, uh, I mean, I wanted more from. The team but also what what more what can I ask them they had their head coach fired who they truly genuinely loved uh they're they're facing adversity and I just want to see them come out of it better than they were before and it might be a very tough journey but I'm here for it so.
1: See, it's not about the journey, it's the friends you make like a, along, the, along way. the way. What yeah. was
3: that even from? I don't even know at this point. I uh, It's like a cultural uh, like I feel like down. it might
1: be from that vitamin C
3: song. Like I mean maybe. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh it reminds me of fifth grade culmination. Yeah, yeah, we do. Did I, we you definitely, have a culmination? We had a culmination. Did it they wasn't, call it culmination? No, we had like. Well, what
1: did your rich private school people call it? it?
3: was just graduation or whatever. But it depends on like which cl- like like which. Gr- it was like you had eighth grade graduation and then. I don't know. I think eighth grade... I think one of my brother's classes did that vitamin C song, because I think it was a little bit...
1: Now, when you were sorry. at these rich, snooty private schools...
3: Yeah, rich, snooty private school. yes. Yes, when, when you were at Not those. like broke catholic schools that did, are just, did, like, scraping by, not at did, all.
1: Did you have, like, tea that you would pass around and <laughs> like, I can't imagine those kids in LAUSD don't have this. <laughs>
3: Is that how you guys would, would speak? Uh, yes, that's exactly what it's like in a... Uh, in a in a private Catholic school in the middle of Van Nuys. Rich snooty practice. Yeah. All those yeah, rich school, all my yeah. rich snooty classmates. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, you
1: were in you were in a class with a slugger from the New York Yankees. So
3: Well that's fair. That was in high school and yes, I had many rich snooty classmates. Funnily enough, he was not one of them. <laughs> he, he is now. I well now, yeah, I would not
1: <laughs> Uh he is now, yeah. Alright, uh, and with that, we will stop standing around and we will move on to, uh... uh, We're gonna talk about Over-Under after the break, because we forgot that. And then, uh, get into rapid-fire, uh, the rest of the questions.
4: So you're going over. I'm feeling bold. Give me that over. I'll go under. I gotta take an under here. I got three unders to take. I'm gonna do an under here.
1: Alright, Alicia, let's get into Over-Under super quick. We're gonna run through this down. Rapid-fire. Uh, You said over under two and a half meaningful snaps for uh, Miller Moss. I said under, it was under, it was zero.
3: Yikes. Yeah, Yeah. this is the beginning of a bad run for me. Yeah, Strap in, guys.
1: I said over under 42.5 on third downs for Oregon State. You took the under. It was over. It was at 50%. Yeah. Yeah, They were pretty good on third down. Uh, Next one, you said over under one and a half rushing TDs for BJ Baylor. Uh, the Oregon State running back in 158 yards, uh, but he did not have uh, more than one and a half touchdowns. Which I is annoying because
3: Oregon I State took under. absolutely destroyed USC on the ground and he didn't score a touchdown. No,
1: he got zero. Yeah. Uh, so it was under. Next one. I set the line at 13 and a half targets for Drake London. And God, am I good at setting the line
3: there. You took the under. It was over. It was 14. Yeah. Just, just... This is not this. Is, uh, I feel like USC getting beat by Oregon State all over again. It's not good. Yeah.
1: And speaking of getting beat all over again, Alicia, you set the line at two and a half sacks for USC. Uh, stupidly, I took the. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Obviously, Michael was thinking. I don't know what the hell he's thinking.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, it was zero. I, I don't know what the hell's going on with USC's pass rush because it should be way more productive uh, than uh, than they are.
1: Yeah, last one. I said 18.5 yards for USC's longest run of the game because Oregon State did not give up big gains. You took the under. It was under. It was 12. 12 yards is the longest rush by Keontae Ingram. SC stopped running uh, towards the, in the second half when they got down because uh, they had to throw the football. It was too big of a deficit, and they weren't able to best that 12-yard run. So uh, all told, you went 2-4 and four for the week. I went 4-2. and two. Uh, which is pretty good for me, uh, but here's the thing: nobody did better than four and two.
3: Literally nobody. It's not our... not a good week for anybody. No,
1: uh, but here's who went four and two: all mad mom, Seth C three o five, Britt from Irvine, G Pat, Carrie in Chicago, P J the swimmer, and D Set.
3: Congratulations, y'all are uh, way better than me. Yeah, to
1: say the least. Uh, the season lead. It is still Adam and Clinton Pittsburgh. They are in first place. Second place is a tie between D Set and PJ the Plumber. Just one PJ game the behind. Swimmer.
3: P- what did they say? PJ Who the do Plumber. Joe, Joe the Plumber. Bringing that. Back? I don't
1: know. PJ the Swimmer. Uh, they are tied for second place with twenty points. Uh, third place. Sorry, fourth place. LA Fred at fourteen at nineteen points. I can't read. Apparently, uh, fifth place is a three-way tie between our buddy Steve from the Bay Area. Carry in Chicago and G Pat They all have 18 points.
3: Yeah, again, all way better than I am.
1: Yeah, Bill Connolly said SC would win 40-25, to LOL. Uh, Vegas had SC by 11. You said 38-24. I said 41-17. Uh, yeah, we were all wrong. Oregon State won 45-27. And I'd like to say in our next preview, can you just tell me to give you a prediction that aligns with what I say about the game? Two times this year, I have said, I think the, uh, the Oregon State game, I said, I thought it was going to be medium and a mad game. And, he, and there I went. 41 and is... I picked the 24 point win. Yep. Stanford game, I said, and
3: Fallen victim to the classic one. I, I blunders, said the, man.
1: the whole thing about no football reason. And I picked SC to win. And they lost. So clearly, I do not listen to myself. Uh, all right. Rapid fire questions. we got a bunch of these. We're going to run through them really quickly here. Slack message from Josh and Buckeye country under Helton, the seven game winning record expanding back to the Woody Har- Hayes era over Ohio State was ruined along with Oregon State not winning the Coliseum since Eisenhower was president. Michael, what other USC accomplishments as far as streets streaks uh, has been ruined under the Clay Helton era?
3: The Notre Dame loss was the biggest to Notre Dame in a while. Yes, in 66, uh, well, I think. Well, I mean, this is not Hilton's fault, but uh, I mean, unless you want to blame Helton for COVID, the streak of playing Notre Dame consecutively. The, the Rose Bowl streak. The Rose
1: Bowl streak. The Rose Bowl streak is over, mm-hmm. which I think is very unlucky. Um, I it, it's SC had had that streak since the 1930s, but the playoff thing kind of messes that one up. Yeah. Uh, Josh from Buckeye Country also says, as USC continues to lose, and with recruits who will be dropping off, will it make SC's job less appealing for these coaches being interviewed if if players decommit?
3: I think the appeal of this job is is in the things that are built into the job. Uh, recruiting will be fine if you come in and recruit well. I, I, I think that... Uh, the job will be as appealing as, as it'll be to the coaches based on other factors than this recruiting class or even the structure of the roster at the moment.
1: Yeah, I don't think you you take the job for one particular recruit either in either direction, or you don't, don't not take the job for that either. Uh, Joseph Candelario on Twitter. Uh, it might be early because Dante's only coached two games, but you two said that you would fill out a bingo card on Clay Helton's press conferences because he would say the same thing over and over again. I was wondering, do you get that same sort of feeling with Dante or does he mix things up? Uh, this is interesting because I think that Dante Williams's Coach Speak is not the same as Clay Helton's, but there are things that he will that he has said over and over again. One of those things is taking the blame for everything, uh, which he just has a different style of the way he talks about things. He takes the blame for literally everything. Um, and that is Coach Speak in of itself. It's just mm-hmm. a different brand of Coach Speak. Um, and the other thing is he's not going to give you much on on injuries, which I think my frustration is. I wish he would just say I'm not going to talk about injuries, rather than because I know pe- people get upset about the week to week thing with with Jackson Darts. Well, if
3: people he, being me,
1: <laughs> yeah. If if he if he just said I he'll be available when he's available, I think it would it would uh, not allow people to get frustrated.
3: Yeah, I'm. Every coach has their little things that they do, and every coach will get annoying, not for those things, but for the things that happen on the football field.
1: Yeah, so that's the other thing. The, like, the
3: win-loss record matters way more than yes. what the coach's press conference say.
1: Yeah. Uh, Dante Williams said similar things to what Clay Helton says after losses, but since people like him more than they hated Clay Helton... Yeah. It does it's it. different. Yeah. So... Uh, Apache's, uh, on Twitter says, is Corey Foreman hurt? Is Drake Jackson not eating? He looks small out there. Are they feeding the D line and O line properly? They all look small and pushable.
3: Well, A, Corey Foreman has been hurt. Uh, B, Drake Jackson was hurt for much of the off season. And, uh, and yeah, the, the D line and O line, I think that people want to talk about, uh, the eating regimen or the weightlifting or anything like that, but really technique plays a huge role in all of this. And if they're not being developed on that front, it's going to look like they are physically beaten all the time when they play teams like Oregon State, because Oregon State has developed their line into something that knows what it's doing. So that's the bigger issue for me. Everyone talks, every program, every USC Team of every year talks about like they're eating more. They're not eating more. Whatever. It's all about how you coach them up.
1: Yeah. Uh, Karina has three three tweets, three questions. Uh, what is the defense's plan to fix things before our next game?
3: Not play Oregon State again.
1: Yeah, that's one of them. <laughs> um, I don't know that we're gonna get over talking about specific plans. But I mean, if you you look at uh, Tarnalando, what he said after the the game, it was finding those things, finding what what those things are. He talked about being multiple and trying to be multiple to stop anything. And to his credit, I think he tried. The problem was every any adjustment he made, Oregon State just beat that one, too, to where it looked like there were no adjustments. Yeah. So the adjustment was that nothing changed uh, in terms of results. Um, next question. Why can't the quarterback and receivers communicate? What's the plan there?
3: Uh, the scheme is is uh, predictable. It's not about communication or anything like that. It's just the scheme is predictable and uh, defenses have figured it out. I think that's the bigger issue.
1: Yeah, next one says penalties are still a real problem. Why? Okay, can
3: I give a real quick rant here? About penalties? Um, about
1: penalties. Can, can I predict this really quick? Are you going to talk about Pete Carroll?
3: No, no, no. I'm going to say, why is it that when USC has a shit ton of penalties, it's this team is so undisciplined, but when Oregon State has a shit ton of penalties, it's the refs are screwing over Oregon State. No, sometimes you just have a lot of penalties. Like, sometimes it just, it just is a thing, and... You know, the, the the penalties that USC has, and maybe I will bring up the Pete Carroll thing, you don't matter, the penalties don't matter so much if they're not contributing to, to losses. And uh, realistically, USC could have had 10 penalties in this game and still should have won. Because they shouldn't have gotten beat up on the defensive line, they shouldn't have gotten beaten up on the offensive line, all of those things. The penalties are just a symptom of the other deficiencies of, of this team.
1: Yeah, it's what you do to mitigate the penalties that, that is the important thing more than anything. Um, and the accountability is always something to, to discuss, too. Uh, we got a tweet from Sean Tong who says, did uh Tar Orlando have a game plan against Oregon State's run game, or did he just wing it? Uh, I think they had a game plan. It just wasn't a good one.
3: They just got beat. Like, you can have a game plan, you can still just get beat.
1: Uh, next one, did Ty Orlando have the defense practicing getting off the blocks to make a tackle? Uh, th- this was interesting because he was asked in the postgame, uh Tarlando was asked uh, what he thought of the tackling and he said that it it's gut wrenching it's gut wrenching to not watch your guys tackle and um, it's all
3: about development again yeah so it's and recruiting and all those bad all breaks those sometimes yeah. yeah
1: uh next question from Shantong uh Graham Harold uh, needs to help finding place with to get the run game going
3: the run game, I, I thought the run game was going. I think the breakdowns that happen in USC's offense more often have to do with a receiver dropping a pass, or Keaton getting sacked, or missing a, an yeah. open receiver. You know, all those things. Like, I don't think the run game is the problem at this point. I think just, and I hate to be the one that just says that the execution that in this offense you need everything to go right, and which is annoying because you shouldn't. That shouldn't have to be the thing. But like when things go wrong, it just spirals.
1: Yeah, and then later on in the game. Uh, and then you're not running. The, the score got away. Yeah. But, but really, I, I thought they were able to run the ball fine um, for the most part. It was just early on in the game they were able to do that. They weren't able to do it late in the game. And then the score got away and everything kind of just crumbled. Uh, last question. Why isn't Keenan Kristen or Brandon Campbell playing? Uh, Campbell looks at this point is on the path to a red shirt. Uh, and Keenan Christen is uh, not with the team right now.
3: And Keontae Ingram is running the ball well enough and Vi Malapai is supporting him well enough that I don't think that Keenan Kristen, and Brandon Campbell make a difference at this like in this in this offense.
1: yeah, I, w- I would agree. Jordan 101 says darts the first quarterback I've seen make the offense and defense twice as good just being on the field just saying.
3: And he can they continue how long is is that torn meniscus going to take? Uh, a the torn meniscus it sounds like four to six weeks it could be less than that it could be more than that it depends on how he recovers number two I mean I know everyone was really excited I agree I think there's something about dart that fires up the team and I think that could be the difference but also uh, you know he he had three intercepted three three turnovers in that game I don't think he made the life of the defense all that much easier at, at times I think the defense made their life easier by stopping plays
1: A tweet from Grandpa Bear. Main question, why does the team look like they're just going through the motions? Where's the fire? That's a good question. I I think the interesting thing is, you look at last week, again, we talked about how they had fire and metal and all those things. They did not have that this past week. So it's finding a consistency from week to week about that.
3: Also, their, their coach got fired. Yeah. And that's a bummer for them. And maybe, you know, we talk about different players needing different coaching styles. Maybe Dante's style isn't meshing with the mindset of this team. It's entirely possible too. Maybe it worked in that first week, but now it's sort of stale or old or whatever. Or people aren't responding. And, you know, that's how it works.
1: Uh, King Camby says, which struggling blue blood program do the Trojans most resemble right now? Texas, Michigan, Florida State, or Saab, Nebraska.
3: Uh, cancel out Florida State and Nebraska. USC is nowhere near the state of those programs. I would say somewhere in the range of Texas and Michigan. In the fact that, like, probably more Michigan than Texas, because uh, Michigan did have some, I don't know, some up and down recruiting years and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think, I think USC is still poised the way that Texas and Michigan are constantly poised to next year being a good year.
1: I think it's Texas because Michigan has at least been consistent. The consistency is Michigan doesn't win the big games. They win every other game. Yeah, Texas yo-yos. Texas, yeah, the le- yo-yoing, that's le- le- right. Like SC does. Uh, Sean in Beautiful Austin, Texas says, everybody was quoting coaches about how USC needs to get fixed and what can be done to get fixed. But does Tyler Orlando what does he have to say for himself?
3: Uh, he, I I think he said that they were going to get it fixed, but you know, words at this point matter a lot less than actions.
1: Yeah. I, I think at, th- at this point it it doesn't look good for him, but it's just weird because again, a week ago we were talking about how good uh, his adjustments were and all that stuff. So yeah, uh, I didn't expect this past week to be so bad from Todd Orlando. He's got to prove that it was an anomaly, except we know that Texas was a struggle bus on defense in 2019. Mm-hmm. So Todd Orlando is going to find more games like the Washington state game going forward. Luckily he gets to face the worst defense in the history of the game next week uh, in Colorado. Uh, next one tweet from uh Python idler. I hope that's not
3: about snakes. It could be computer programming. I hope it's computer programming. Yeah.
1: Hindsight is obviously 2020, but do you think bone regrets not finding firing uh, Clay Helton sooner given the apparent culture programs in the program. Uh,
3: yes, I think that Mike Bone regrets taking this job in 2019 and finding out that Clay Hilton had a $20 million buyout. Um, I think, I think you have to look at it and say it would have been better if USC had just pulled the Band-Aid off earlier than to do it now. But I also think that Mike Bone had his reasons for not doing it earlier, and that's why the timing of this was when it was.
1: Yeah, if money did not exist, I think he fires Clay Hilton. Uh, Because I don't th- if money didn't exist, then you, and contracts didn't exist, this is a whole different thing. Because then I think every AD would hire a new coach willy-nilly, probably. Um, and definitely he would have wanted to make his mark, because that's why you take a job, is to make your mark. Yeah. Um, and the money didn't add up at the end of the day. And certainly it looks like a mistake. Uh, but I think it's easy to say it looks like a mistake when you're not paying the bills. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah. As, Clay Hilton should have got fired years ago. Um, but, yeah. That's how they that's could crumble. Financially. Uh, yeah, that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, it is a Fallout mailbag thingamajig that we just did. Thanks for listening. As always, email address ranftryfanside.com phone number 213-373-1872
3: Alicia, do you have a final word? Um, my final word is tea, as in I need a lot more tea. You, you gotta you go gotta
1: coffee. Okay. She's giving me the hurry up, so... No,
3: I mean, I'm literally... I'm literally... I have to work, so. Okay. Yeah. See ya.